2: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by
3: Audible.com. If you would like to support this podcast and start a 30-day trial membership, visit AudiblePodcast.com excuse. Season 11. Episode 11.
4: This is Writing Excuses, self-publishing in 2016 with Michael Brent Collings. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have special guest star Michael Brent Collins. How's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? spiff We wanted to talk about self-publishing specifically right now because self-publishing seems to be changing. It has been changing. It's settling in a little bit. Um, but you have primarily self-published your works. Yeah, I'm
5: one of the top indie horror writers in the United States. And I'm actually an international bestseller on every
4: e-platform that's available Awesome. I feel humbled. We're right. glad to have you on. No, really, this is, this is the big revolution in publishing of our time. Yeah. Um, and the top author in the world right now, I believe, is self-published. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, the Bella Forrest who's doing the vampire things. That's outselling J.K. Rowling, outselling, um, outselling everybody. Um, and self-publishing has not only arrived... Uh, It kicked in the door and shot a whole bunch of people and is now casually sipping its whiskey at the bar. um, Over the dead bodies. Over the dead bodies, that's right. Um, So um, I want to start with kind of the standard question. New writer right now considering self-publishing What advice are you going to give them? I I just wanted to know what kind of whiskey he was going to give me.
5: Uh, See, when you said standard question, I was almost like, they're blue panties, Brandon. Um, It's not just me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the thing that that I tell the most people, first of all, is it's a lot of work. Most most indie publishers, most self-published people, they go out and they're like, I'm going to poop out beautiful words, and the audience is going to come up with its magic pooper scooper, scoop it up, and suddenly... (laughs) golden nuggets will fall on my head. and Dude, re- you are on my lawn
6: so hard. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, and it's a lot different, okay? So, so really, this is what it's like. Picture this. You're in, the, you're in the doctor's office, and you're bent over, and the doctor is putting on their glove, right? <laughs> and, and you're hearing the gradual snap, snap, snap. And you say, so, where'd you go to school? And the doctor goes, I didn't really go to school. But one time I went to a doctor, and he was terrible, and I thought, I can do better than this. And that's the attitude that far too many self-published and any published people approach their craft with. They think, I, wrote a, I read a crappy book last year, and I can totally write a slightly less crappy book. And then somehow that transmutes to, I can write a book that will make J.K. Rowling come to me for loans. <laughs> and and really it, you want when you go to that doctor's office you want a doctor who, who graduated from an amazing school who did their residency their internship and has done it for 10 years because now they know what they're doing and the best authors that I know and I know you know obviously most of the people up here I know Dean Koon's uh, I know Orson Scott Card and all of them and a, a bunch of others and all of them treated their writing career at first like an intensive graduate studies program while they were doing their real job at the time to pay the bills.
6: You know, I <laughs> made, made fun of Michael Brent a little bit for the awesome metaphor. Uh, the, the idea of a doctor, it might sound a little extreme, but if I am opening your book, I am I am letting you, I'm letting you have a piece of my brain rent-free, mm-hmm. and that's pricey. And the more time I spend in your book, uh, that's far more expensive to me than the price of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to know what you're doing. Yeah. See,
4: this thing, I've thought about this one a lot, and I've worried. I couldn't decide if it's my, in, uh, my bias, because I'm pretty well entrenched in, entrenched in traditional publishing, right? Uh-huh. I've done some hybrid stuff with my novellas, but I'm, I'm like the poster boy for traditional publishing and science fiction and fantasy right now. Um, and I look at this. And you're lovely. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> he has that poster on his wall. Yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> Actually, when you go I to Brandon's bathroom, yeah. when you go yeah. to Brandon's bathroom, he's just staring at you for a while.
4: The but sequence are what makes it. I worry. I see these people that are self-publishing, and I know in my experience that my first books were not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I started to get good after about five or six books. Yes. And I wonder if I hadn't had the... The kind of, If I'd been able to just take those first ones and put them out, if that would have affected my career and it's such that I would have thought, this is good enough, I will keep it this. Or if I would have gained a reputation very quickly um, as somebody who does that quality of work and it would have negatively affected me. But – who knows? I mean, maybe that's just my bias speaking.
5: Well, you know what? The, it, it's not that you, it would have had a negative reputation. It's the worst uh-huh. thing in indie publishing is no one would have noticed you ever. Mm. Because it, it used to be, hey, can you get published? Hey, can you get published? Now anyone can get published. And the question is, can you get noticed? Can you get read? And can you get reread? And the most important thing of all is, and I'll tell you a secret, there is not an author in the world who can make a living selling books. Authors make a living by having other people sell their books. Yeah. And so you need to get into a position where you're good enough, you know your craft well enough, you tell good enough stories with enough interest in them that people will not only read it and go, that's pretty good, I'll read another one, but they grab their friend and go, holy crap, you've got to read this book, it's amazing. And that's what's going to get you a living as a writer. But a lot of people put out their first book and, oh, here's another secret. Your first book sucks. And everyone thinks, but I'm the exception. You're just not. I mean, and there are exceptions, but that's sort of like saying, I'm quitting my job because this lottery investment's coming in today, I feel it. It, The likelihood of it happening is astronomically against. So plan to be a normal human being uh, who comes out of their mother pretty much capable of nothing but crapping. And that's your writing career. (laughs) And you're gonna so this, far
1: this, all yeah. of your metaphors have been poop centric. <laughs> uh, we we have
5: mine
2: been...
4: involved alcohol.
5: <laughs> there is a sad little 12-year-old boy living in all of us.
4: Even an, me. And excited.
6: <laughs> happy. Um Fart. the early uh the early Schlock mercenary strips. Um when when I decided to go into print, and this was before the days of uh 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 E-books as a as a profitable medium. Um, when I decided to go into print, I did not start with the earliest story mm-hmm. because uh, the early stories, and this, this was the terminology that I used then, I still use it now, uh, sucked so hard that the only way for them to suck harder is if we raised atmospheric pressure. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a science joke and I figured that would convince people to actually go read this stuff that's that bad. Mm-hmm. I still look at it and I think, I remember who I was when I was writing that, when I was drawing that, and thinking, "Yeah, this is awesome." Right. I was the I was the poster child for the Dunning Kruger effect. Okay, I I was I was too bad of an artist to know how bad of an artist I was. Right, and and okay, so you've touched on something really important because different from traditional
5: publishing, at least to some extent, uh, when you get to a point in traditional, it probably kicks in. But right from the very beginning of if you're going to be self pub, you are a business. And part of a business is objectivity. So as an example, I was, believe it or not, I was an attorney for 10 years, um, and I was reasonably good at it. I wasn't always a poop-talking idiot. Um, but one of the things that would happen is my clients would come in very enraged and I irate about stuff, and I'd, I'd say, step back and ask yourself, how much money is this gonna cost versus how much money is it gonna gain? And whichever side has more, you do that thing. And the good ones listened to that and walked out with money in their pockets. And there is a certain level of objectivity that kicks in when you think of yourself as a business. And that is great because you can then look at a piece of work and say, this is not good. I'm not going to do it.
1: Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
4: Let's stop for our book of the week, which is actually *Strangers* Ooh. by Michael Brent Collins. Can you tell us about this book? *Strangers* is really cool. It's about this family that wakes up late one day, and they
5: do the thing we all do when we wake up late—like they run out en masse trying to get to their appointments, school, etc. They run to the first door, or to the front door, and it's jammed. Oh, great! What else can go wrong? They run to the back door, jammed. They run to the side door; it won't open. Things are getting weird at this point. They open the blinds and realize that every single window has been covered over with sheet metal. They have been entombed in their home with a madman who wants some special time with them.
4: Wow. What a great pitch. Well, this is on Audible. You can go to audiblepodcast.com excuse. Start a trial membership. Download Strangers by Michael Brent Collings. It's read by Jeffrey Kafer. All right, I want to go down a few quick questions for you because I think we're spending too much time on one topic. There are lots of things I think self publishing people want to know. Okay. First is Kindle. It has, you can, what's it called? Kindle Select. Right. Yes or no? Do you en- enroll in that or not? It depends. I mean, if you
5: are starting out, it offers some advantages that might get you noticed. And Amazon is the giant in this country. Overseas, it's uh, Tolino, I think, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be a good idea. Uh, but what it me, means no. is you
4: can only put it in Kindle. You can
5: only put it in Kindle, and then they give you certain benefits of advertising, but yep. they're not huge. And for me, it scares me. I'm I'm not an eggs in one basket guy, so I've diversified across every single e platform that I can possibly do. Start it, try it for three months. The nice thing is you have to do it for three months, then
4: change. All right, BookBub and other paid promotional um, mailing lists and things like this. Yes or no?
5: No, for the most part. 99.9% of them do not offer a good return on investment. What they offer is saturation marketing, which is good for Toyota if you have $100 million in budgeting to do. Uh, BookBub does return on investment, but you have to be pretty successful with a book before they will even
4: consider you. All right. Brand new author. How much would you recommend they invest starting out, and where would you recommend like minimum that they invest that money? Uh, that varies wildly. I, I invest very little money in almost anything because I do everything.
5: I do the editing. I do the covers and stuff like that. Most people, you have to do a website. And so if you can't code, learn to code like I did or get someone to do it. Um, you have to have good book covers, and that can be anywhere from 50 to $500. Good editing is critical. Again, anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand. And it depends on what you want as an end result.
4: You are a business. All right. Lots of short, fast books or um, or longer books or any – do they change? Is it just whatever you feel like or does one thing seem to do better um, than another? Series, yes, no. First book f- free, yes, no. Uh, first book free
5: works a lot mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people. I've never done it. The thing that you have to do, though, is, is volume, and I'm talking about – if you do a great first book and then they go, this is fantastic, where's his second book? There's no second book. They go, "Wow, I'll read him when he comes out. Guess what? They won't.
4: So the length is not as important to you as making sure there are multiple books out? Yeah, you do want to. And, and part
5: of that's just mm-hmm. what you talked about. You're going to get better and you're going to write 10, 15 books before. Like I wrote one book right out of the gate that was a success and that was a huge detriment to me. I thought I knew what I was doing. And I didn't, so it took me another five books to start making money, and another five books after that to make regular money, and then more books after that to make decent money.
4: All right, last one for me before I throw it to the rest of the podcasters. I think they may have something for you. Uh, Best online resources for people who want to self-publish in 2016? Google. Google. Okay, <laughs>
5: and and that's and that's silly, but like most people, they go, I don't know how to do this. Google the frickin' thing, you know. How do I self-publish? It's a huge question, but you're gonna open up to the most viewed. See, pages. But here's the problem. If
4: you say, "How do I self-publish?" I when I do that, mm-hmm. the first like five results are scam artists trying right. to take your money.
5: And and that's the thing I was gonna say is mm-hmm. you're not gonna get good answers on that first page, but you're gonna find out enough of the right terms to start answering okay. a- asking better questions. Kindle boards. Yeah, it's okay. You can be on these forums, and they're great, but they're ninety-nine percent people who are just in the same boat you are. They're not going to give you any information you can't find out very easily.
4: All right, I cut off Mary early. I think you had something you wanted to add or ask.
3: Well, I was one of the things that I was wondering about when you were talking about how you do everything. The main reason that I don't do self-publishing is because I, I used to be an art director. I, like I have all of the skills, mm-hmm. um, and I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is, is that actually – am I actually right that this is, like, way too much trouble because I'm lazy? Or, or is this one of those things where now it has become such a business, self-publishing or independent publishing, that there are people to do the things that I don't want to do?
5: There's lots of people that can do it, and it depends a lot on your personality and your budget. I like to do the covers. It gives me – Uh, It gives me a break when I'm bored with the writing, and and so I like to do all the stuff involved in Self Pub because I have a spastic attention span. But
4: most people want to get get it uh, farmed out a lot of the time. One thing I can recommend quickly here is if you are like Mary that you don't want to do it all, and I have good friends that are like that, and they're like, I want a traditional publish for that reason. That's a good reason to want a traditional publish. But if you're kind of in the middle, you're like, I would like to run the business of it myself, but I don't want to do the editing and the art. There are some really legit small presses that will kind of be a halfway step between, which will take a much smaller percentage of your ebook rights, or even under negotiations, none, and they'll take only the print rights, where you can kind of, in that realm, be the self marketing person that goes out and sells these ebooks, but also have someone else do the print edition that does a lot of the editing and artwork that then gets it hopefully into some bookstores
5: be aware of those really quick though those those you have to look at what you're getting for what you're giving up for instance if all they're doing is getting editing your book and giving you a cover don't take that get yourself an editor get yourself a cover artist you'll you'll output some
4: money and you'll keep everything see here's the thing i did i i've got a disagreement because the Mm -hmm. emperor's soul i went with tachyon great Mm -hmm. small press they did art direction, they did editing, they got it into every Barnes and Noble in the country. See, that's what I'm saying. That's yes. more than just okay. art direction right. and editing. Yeah, you're right. You're Most. right. They, it was the getting in the bookstores. It was yeah, the matter. And, and, and they'll market it. They let me keep my keep my ebook rights. Yeah. And, and that's so, great.
5: That's great.
6: Howard,
4: um the the
6: talk about cover, uh it's it's frightening to me that a lot of people think that, you know, once they've got Photoshop and know how to drop shadow. Yeah. have got MS Paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, let, let, let me say this. It's, it's actually a lot easier to find a good artist who can do a cover for money than it is to find a good art director who right. can get that artist to build the thing that you need. Yeah. I have been trying to be an art director for the Planet Mercenary project and I've discovered that while it's a wonderful experience, uh, I had to learn a whole new language, and uh, yes. I had no idea it was going to be that hard. And I've, I had 15 years of, of drawing experience under my belt. And it, that's
5: the thing, too, is anything that you choose to do, you have to do it beyond professionally because they're going to go, why should I read you when I can read Stephen King? Well, your cover's better. Your first page is better. You're a nicer person.
1: All right, we're going to end with Dan here. Yeah. Earlier, when Brandon was running down a list of various marketing and promotional services, you said no to most of them. What do you do to get your name out there?
5: Okay, the biggest things I do to get my name out there are guest posts and interviews like this one. And if you're a good writer... so we're
1: helping you? Dang
6: it!
5: Frickin' A. If you're you're a good writer... But, you know, and I take everything. I've been interviewed by mom-and-pop blog stations that the only people that listen to them is their kids, and I've been interviewed by NPR. And you move up that chain.
6: Did you give NPR that much poop?
5: (laughs) I would say... It didn't get to the final cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, but I do that, and I do guest posts a lot about, blo- about writing articles and things like that, and that's critically important. If, if you write something, and you can plug your book, it's sort of like in my book, Strangers. I use this technique, and you don't have to be like, Strangers, 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 but you can use a throwaway line, and they go, hey, he sounded like he was like the second stupidest person in the room. I'll check that book out. <laughs>
4: All right. So we're going to stop here for our homework. And actually, Michael's going to give us his favorite writing exercise. Okay, so take a first line of any book
5: and turn it into a scary line. Take the scary line and create two separate short stories based on that scary line.
4: Ooh, that's cool. Thank you to our audience here at Life, the Universe, and Everything. Thank you to Michael for being on the podcast with us. You're welcome. And this has been Writing Excuses. You're all out of excuses. Now go write.
3: Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson.